0: All right. Well, I'm going to invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of James. James chapter 3. I guess I never said anything about our time, time away there last weekend. It was, a, it was a good time, wood stove, armchairs and couches, books, Bibles... Um River <laughs> Lots of time to think. Uh, lots of time just to meditate and, and and it was a it was a very very thankful for that time. Just thinking through too, even like we're we're eight weeks I think from Easter. We're close to that, like Easter's not that far away. And uh, so I, I'm mentioning that even there in our James study to just recognize how the Upper Room Discourse, as we're working through that, and Jesus' instructions. And, and that's going to tie in with our, our Easter direction as we try and, and and finish out the book of James. So I'm going to pray quiet ourselves. Hopefully you have the notes there and uh, we'll step into the text. It's a special one in that, you know, teachers and preachers, I spend a lot of time over this text. Um, topic is the tongue. Topic is is what we've been called to do Lord, we don't sit up here and teach opinions or concepts we're up here to to, to speak Christ through us um, make, just explaining the text and uh, that's something we have to to really really be conscious of so let me pray dear heavenly father lord with the verses uh, before us lord we do just open our minds and hearts to what you have to say this morning Lord, I pray uh, that we would grasp just what James is speaking to the leaders, Lord, that we would grasp uh, the applications that are written all over these pages for our lives. Lord, we live in a world that um, sees no need for truth anymore, sees no need for absolutes, uh, sees no need for, for you and yet, you've called us to, to speak for you, and it's, it's, again, not our words, but yours. And, Lord, people do not want to hear that. People, people find that, find you offensive. And in the midst of those times, Lord, in the midst of those tensions, uh, we represent you. And, Lord, even this morning, Lord, I pray that you would just guide, guide my own tongue, guide my own words, And keep me from saying anything that that does not come from you or does not uh, come from your word and your truth. And Lord, that you would just help us to guard against any confusion. I just pray that you would lead, and I pray these things in your name. Amen. So we're just going to work through the first 12... 12 verses here but again we're going to be back in John and recovering too and again my my intention is there when it comes to stepping back into John for our Easter Easter momentum we can just read through that upper room discourse and it will be very familiar to us you're going to understand what Jesus had placed before them and uh, it's going to be a special thing the beginning for this morning, James chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things, and if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body." Just coming to our notes, we looked at the two weeks ago, we looked at the word that the teachers were to be speaking. All right, we remember that? The teachers are, are given specific instructions. They've been given commands. They've been given the doctrines by Christ for them to, to teach, to speak, and to instruct. And I, I want us just to turn, keep a finger in James, to John chapter 17. John chapter 17, verse 14. And I, I, I want us just to make this connection. James is telling these leaders who who apostles, ambassadors, ones that either had had, had been underneath Jesus' instruction directly or firsthand um, witness coming through the others. Right, he's talking, if anyone does not stumble in word, and I keep asking, you know, what, what is that word? Well, Jesus committed the word to them. Right? He gave them what they were supposed to say. He he was telling them that the Spirit was coming, and he would in turn give them what to say. And verse fourteen of John seventeen says, I have given them your word. Right, this isn't just the tongue, this is what's coming off your tongue. He's talking to teachers. This isn't just in private conversations only. We include that in that. It's when these men are standing before instructing for Christ. He says, I have given them your word. Don't stumble in that. Don't twist it to your own concepts and opinions. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil right? The the, the influence. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. These are the teachers. These are are the inner eleven, right? But we also know that Jesus appeared Right? To 500. He appeared to the 120. For 40 days he instructed on things of the kingdom. There were other people that sat underneath this word that would be sent out to teach. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. What did he send them out into the world with? The word. Right? His instructions, his commands, the things pertaining to the kingdom. So we come back to verse 2 of James chapter 3. And you can just keep your finger or a piece of paper in that John 17 because we'll be coming back to John 16. As I mean, these things that James is addressing in AD 44 are not new. This is 14 years after Calvary, right? 14 years after the upper room discourse. It wasn't a new thing. James is taking them back to what Jesus had placed before them. For we, I mean, James wasn't in the upper room discourse, but he sat underneath Jesus um, for that 40 days. For we, he includes himself in those teachers, in those instructors, instructors. We all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect, maturing man. Able also to bridle or control the whole body. Before I get too ahead of myself, it is a serious thing to be a teacher. It is a serious thing to be an instructor in God's Word. Right? It, 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 there has reverence. Uh, it's an important thing to understand that, that as we deliver, I mean the words of life, as we deliver the, the words that guide us, um, it's these <laughs> and not, not this right that everyone answers to from there I draw I almost want to say the parallel are teachers parents pardon me yes are teachers parents are parents teachers right I was just thinking there and this would be a young man just churning over these things you know I, I have I have the opportunity once a week to teach for 35 40 minutes right some pastors just 30 minutes Parents and grandparents, how many, how many minutes in a week do you spend with your grandkids and kids? <laughs> a lot more than that. I haven't done the map. And, and, the, and the thing that, that keeps coming is, I mean, that the, the, the parent is the teacher. All right now, for me, there I'm declaring the counsel of God, and I get it, but you guys are declaring the counsel of God to your homes, to your marriages, to your children, and that's a pretty serious, serious call and roll for yourselves as well Alright, so just taking that and that's maybe there in the notes you see the the parenting principle but here we are my brethren let many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive stricter judgment i had three categories there um, the stricter judgment i asked the question from who right and there's three things that come to mind Right, we As, as teachers, as, as I'm teaching the Word, and I'm going to include parents that are called to teach their children through the Word, these, these spiritual, biblical principles, because I can't do that in the time that I have. Right, so we, so we keep that connected. Number one, the accountability or the stricter judgment comes from God himself. We keep looking at John chapter 15 about how we have to be attached to the vine or we're cut off. Is it possible for a pastor to stand up here and speak empty words Sunday after Sunday? Very much so. Right? If they are not in fellowship with Christ, and Krissa was speaking on that this, this weekend with the ladies at NBBI, if we're not in fellowship with Christ, if I'm, if I'm deviating from this, if I'm trying to promote my own thing, you know what? That's not Christ speaking from the throne, and God says He'll deal with that there'll be he, there, there there's a there's a fire there there's a separation there's a there's a removal involved in that so God himself is part of that stricter judgment I thought about Christ John chapter 5 explains to us that that all judgment has been given to the son and we understand that we will all stand before Christ one day at the judgment seat of Christ and answer for what we taught and again, it's not just me up here for, for my 30 minutes or during my prayer meetings or Saturday mornings or Friday nights or what, whatever that looks like. It's everyone who's been called, right, to teach the Word. All right, so contextually, and then let's make that principle. We're all called to teach. That's how you raise your, par- or your, raise your children. That's how you, you, you step into that. So we have the judgment seat. Um, we're going to look in John chapter 16 that this, this stricter judgment also comes from the world. Now, I understand we visited this two weeks ago, but, but it doesn't hurt re- revisiting it here, right? The politicians, they are going to judge you, right? The, the world is going to judge you. Your community is going to judge you for teaching the Word of God, right? And Jesus has been preparing them for that, all right, it is such a, an important principle to, to understand there. So again, it's just that stricter judgment. I just asked from who, and those three things came out. All right, does that, that make sense? All right, we don't want to deviate from that. I'm just asking us to chat, like just to, to work through that. And then I got thinking more, John. <laughs> you get meditating. I thought of Satan's place in this. And this may be there for some of the young guys. I think of Brayden, who's who, who stepping into some pulpit ministry. And Lawrence, you would recognize this too. The judgment, and I don't want to run too far with this, but Satan has a good way of making me judge myself. Right? Of, of, of me finding myself inadequate. Right? Me, me comparing myself to others. Right? And I can silence myself very very quickly and again i know i may be stepping out out a little bit there but that that stricter judgment i'm called to this regardless of what i think of myself what i think the people will think what satan is trying to to put in my mind and keep me from doing what i know i'm called to do that's regardless and i thought that was just like a, a very valid valid point speaking from that text we have three things there. I mean, it's a stricter judgment, and, and we could study study them out, and they would all have a, a valid, valid place there. But we find, and I just want to focus on the, 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 the politicians, the stricter judgment from the world, the synagogue rulers, and the public. Just for, just for a minute. Turn with me to John 16. And this is where we very quickly realize that um, the apostles knew it wasn't going to be a picnic. Right, the apostles knew how hard it was going to be stepping out the doors of their prayer meetings and, and teaching and speaking for Christ. Right, not just ideas and concepts, but the Word of God. Uh, these apostles knew how hard it was going to be to speak the Word into their own homes. Right? And, and all the different things that, that, that home was engaged in and the world influences, Jesus was preparing them for that. And in John chapter 16, again, just beginning and well, maybe we'll back up, John 15:26. "But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me." And you also will bear witness. There's that word again. Bear witness. Right? You will be a testimony. You will speak. You will advocate. You will explain. You will teach. He will testify. And he will be a bear witness. Because you have been with me from the beginning. These things I have spoken to you. That you should not be made to stumble. We just read that in James right about stumble It does not stumble in word now we understand that Greek words are different um, but John's writing 60 years after Jesus spoke this right language changes I started thinking about how different words change even over my lifespan and, 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 and we recognize that right this is this stumble there's that word should not be made to stumble they will put you out of the synagogues yes the time is coming that whoever kills you who's the you? Immediate context would be the eleven, right? And then those there that are coming afterwards, believers, stepping into this commission. Whoever kills you will think that he offers God a service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. So it sounds like the world is going to place a stricter judgment on these teachers. There's going to be condemnation immediately for being a Christian. Immediately for, for promoting the word of God. They're going to put you out of the synagogues. And we remember talking, I mean, the synagogue wasn't just a place of worship. It was a place of community. It was a place where the the leaders would come together and they would discuss and they would handle the, the, the affairs of the community. They're going to put you out of that. They're going to kill you. Because you speak for Jesus, because you speak the words of God, they're going to call you a heretic. right? They're going to call and say that you're opposing God. You quiet yourself. And you realize that that these are the guys, these are the apostles' own countrymen. Right? Their own neighbors. Their own community. Right? In many cases, their own family. Right? And this is how they're going to treat you. Why? Because you're speaking for Christ, you're speaking the, the words of God. It gets real when you understand that they, they're doing these things while they're holding their Scriptures. right? These Old Testament, the, the Pharisees following Judaism, they have their Old Testament text. They're saying that they believe in God, and yet they're rejecting Christ and that obedience. right? Identifying with their Messiah King. I believe in God, they have the Scriptures, and yet they're rejecting what they're being called to. That's a serious thing a very serious thing but then in verse 4 and I and it's almost maybe I'm reading it um, with a little bit of humor there but these things I have told you that when the time comes you may remember that I told you of them right, these things didn't make sense to them in the immediate I mean this idea I mean they, they, <laughs> the idea of Jesus dying and leaving wasn't connecting for them right, the idea of, of you're going to give me a commission to speak for you and then people are going to kill me? Right? People are going to put me out. I mean, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't make sense. And then Jesus says, oh, by the way, I'm leaving. Whoa, 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 whoa. hold on a second. Right, right, back, back up the train a little bit. But he's telling them now in this place so that when they're going through it, they can remember Jesus preparing them for it. He finishes verse four off saying, and these things I do not, did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me where are you going? But because I have said these things you sorrow has filled your heart. Kind of spent some some time this week thinking about how just how that contrasts you know everything. It would be like you know, studying at NBBI and then realizing that I'm just going to to step out and nobody's going to listen to me, right? Or or nobody's going to to enjoy my teaching or my preaching or, you know, even worse than that, I'm going to get ostracized and and run out of churches and, you know, like nothing that I'm ever going to do is ever going to work as long as I stick with preaching the Word of God, right? That's a pretty... (laughs) I don't know, that's like a good motto, right? No, it's not a good motto, right? But Jesus is preparing them for this very thing, right? This very, very thing. And you spend some time thinking about that, and part of me wants to say, forgive me, but I just want to show you some of these things that, that they face. Turn with me to Acts chapter 4. You know, this is this is what you get for for, for speaking the word. What's the connection with James? I thought to myself there, when when are we prone to stumble with our tongues as leaders? When are we prone to stumble in what we say? When are we prone to wander and and maybe get a little hot headed and start speaking from from deep down in the flesh within? It's under tension. It's in conflict. It's when nobody's listening and you're ready just to start flinging stuff and storm out, right? It's it's in that tension. And I was thinking to myself, Jesus was preparing these men, these teachers, and then what did these guys actually face? I mean, Acts chapter 4, just beginning in verse 3, and we'll just read a couple of these. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. All right, already we have their Peter and some of the apostles. They're, they're, they're already arrested. I mean, as Pentecost has happened, and already they're in custody, already their people are rejecting. Um, come down to verse 19 and 20. Right? And we see their, their response to the world. And I'm thinking again of that stumbling. Whoever does not stumble in word or deed, I don't think that's over the phone as a teacher. Right, I just kept thinking about the tension and the things that, that leaders face for Christ. And Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen or heard. Now we know Peter a little bit. And I'm sure Peter wanted to say a few other things than just, <laughs> just that, right? But, but here we see him. Through the Spirit, from the throne, speaking for Christ. Now, just thinking that there. Whoever does not stumble in word. Just turn the page to Acts chapter 5, verse 17. Jesus is is ascended. This isn't very long um, after his ascension. right? So these guys, this is like their trial run, speaking for Christ. Acts chapter 5, verse 17 says, Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which, were, which is the sect of Sadducees, and they, filled with, and they were filled with indignation, and they land, laid their hands on the apostles and put them in common prison. So, I mean, a couple weeks out, they're already in jail again. Right? They're already being tested. right? And this idea of, 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 of your tongue under tension, um, we just conclude that maybe there with 27 and 29 of the same chapter. And when they had brought them and they set them before the council, they've had a little bit of time to think, right? but in, and we're going to read there in John as we finish that out. I mean, they're not supposed to worry about what to say. Right? The Spirit was going to speak. Right? The Spirit was going to lead them in that. But they still have their tongue that they're responsible for. When they had set them before the council and the high priest asked them, saying, did we not strictly command you not to teach... Teach what? Teach the word in this name. And you look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Well, whose doctrine is it really? Jesus's is. It's what they were commanded to do, right? To not stumble and to speak. Um, And intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. That's speaking about speaking the word, right? That's talking about, you know, regardless of what you're saying, we are commanded to preach and teach the word. We could go to a a couple of others, but I just want us to think through that for a second. The church leaders were facing test after test. Conflict after conflict that they had never experienced before. And these words, like right, the red letters, the instructions, the law of liberty that Jesus had given them, the upper room discourse, these were their manual of how to function during these ten times of tension. During these times of conflict. What was to guide their tongue? Whoa, 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 hold on. You speak for me. Churches were rising up and starting in the midst of this tension. Because people were seeing their need for Christ. And, and if we were to continue in Acts, churches were just rising up. I mean, Saul, Saul, when he's persecuting the church, there's the big dispersion. And we have churches all over there, the known world at that time, during this time of tension. Right? Churches were seeing their need for Christ. Spiritual support and the fellowship of each other. kind of think about the church today over the past two years I don't think the church understands what we hold and what we're called to I don't think the church understands from what we've seen so just coming back to John 16 John 16 verse 7 and and you'll see the connection here might a teacher stumbling in word even if you read through just the devastation of the tongue, if you see that that small forest being kindled, if you see the destruction of a leader's tongue, who is he not speaking for? Christ. Spirit is not leading that man. All right, if we were to add that that parenting principle, anybody ever lost their their cool with their kids before, especially teenagers? (laughs) I I think we have, right? I see a few nodding heads, yeah, right? When those words leave our mouths. Words can be forgiven but never taken back. Right? When those words, I mean that's just the conscientious. Who is leading me in that? Who is leading me in that? So John 16 verse 7. And, and again just thinking that stumbling word and the responsibility that was given. Nevertheless I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, who is the helper? the Holy Spirit, right? If you have a study note in your Bible, you'll see the Greek word parakletos. And I've had it explained to me that that's the, the power alongside. Right? Yes, He's the comforter, He's the helper, He's the power alongside. And this isn't just to, to help me in, in my individual um, needs. This is for you to speak the Word. This is for you in your testimony as you bear witness of Christ. The helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he, if you want a fun exercise, you just circle how many he's are in these verses. And when he has come, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. How many he's were in that? I saw two in verse eight. And we just process that. When he has come, he will convict the world of sin. Saying of how many times, again, with the connection being to James, when when my tongue wants to get away, when my temper wants to come out. Right? When all of a sudden I think, there, you know what, I, I, I'm just going to go this direction. Most of the time, there, there's tension, there's things going on. And you can tell, when I, when I deviate from this, you can tell when it's my flesh speaking. Right? And as I read these verses, I was just thinking of that stumbling thing. Who is it that does the convicting? The Holy Spirit does. I said, he. he will convict He he will convict of sin because they do not believe in me. He will convict of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. He will convict of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. And I just brought that to light of what a teacher thinks and has to process with that. Number one, the teacher teaches the word. That's our number one role. We present the word to the people. It's not our task to convict you. (laughs) It's not, I don't stand up here and I don't see people on their knees coming forward. I mean, I'm not going to throw up my hands and say this isn't working. That's not my task. Who is it that does the convicting? The Spirit does. But it's through the Word that Jesus has given us. We present the Gospel, we present His doctrines, and if something isn't right, you're doing business with God. Right? You're doing business. He's the one that does the convicting. The teacher teaches the word, the spirit, the spirit. We we keep coming back to Romans 10, 17, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's an important thing for a teacher, teacher to grasp. Secondly, I was thinking about that. The teacher is not Jesus. When you think of the, the spirit convicting of righteousness, of right living before God, a teacher is not Jesus, Please don't look at me. I I am not a sinless person. right? But Jesus is. And it comes back to his instructions. This is the righteousness. This is the right living. It's the spirit through his word that convicts of that. It shows God's standard. And thirdly, we think of the teacher. We can't, I'm going to say, unveil, rescue, deliver, or make alive people from Satan's hold. But we can't. That's not our task. This, this. When he says there that he will convict of of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged, I can't deliver you from the chains and the bondage that Satan has you in. No, and this would be there the lost person as well as the believer that's living in sin that's hardened their heart. I can't do that. I present the word, and it's the spirit. Right? and if I was to all of a sudden start getting frustrated, and this is where the parenting picture comes in, when you feel like taking your teen, say by the throat, no, by the shirt, and shaking them, right, and you're like, "Why aren't you getting this?" Right, that doesn't work. Right, the same way it doesn't work. Right, and and I'm just thinking about that tongue. When does our tongue get us into trouble? When we start acting on our own. Okay, so I almost want to ask you to see that connection. When, when a leader starts stumbling in word and their tongues are, are causing fire and they're destroying and they're ruining their testimony, they're not speaking for Christ. They're trying to be the Holy Spirit. They're heading in their own direction. And that is happening in many, many pulpits today. That is destroying ministries. It's destroying families. It's destroying homes. Right, and Jesus prepared them. He told them what was coming. He's like, it is the Spirit who will convict. I am giving you the word. This isn't on you. Right? You can't convict them of sin. You can't convict them of right living. You guys are sinners. You can't deliver them from Satan's holds. And that is a big, big thing to, to, to just have in, our, have in our repertoire for that. Just a couple more verses in John 16, and, and, and we're done. Verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, just get your pencil out and ready to circle the he's. When he, Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Right, those times even there when you find yourself stumbling. Hold on a second. Right, back up a bit. Allow the Spirit to lead you. Regroup. Okay, what, what, What's the principle? What's Jesus saying here? He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority. But whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will tell you of things to come. He will glorify Me. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and will declare it excuse me to you. Do you see how many he's are there? Is the emphasis on the apostle? Is it on the teacher? <laughs> I mean, even even and again making it practical, because parents are teachers, and as parents aren't teaching today, Guess what? Spiritual things. It falls on the grandparents. Is it the, the parent and grandparents, do they have the ability to convict that child that they love with all their heart of sin? And the answer would be no. Right? Do they have the, the ability to convict them of, uh, or, or, or force them into this righteousness? And the answer would be no. Do they have the ability to, to, to steal them away and I encourage you to, to read that, Ephesians 2 1 to 10, to, to fix their lives up, the things that they're, 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 they're struggling and, and they're tripping up in. Do we have the, the ability to break those chains and deliver them from Satan, who has been judged? Do we have that ability? And the answer would be no. But who does? Christ does. His Spirit does. What's our role? It's the Word. Right? It's a word, and, and, and when we recognize what we hold, we have to pay close attention to our tongues, that we don't stumble in it, because we speak the word for Christ, and that's how this, um, this equation works. I think I'm just going to stop there. Does that make sense? I, I, I hope that that's an encouragement this morning. Um, Just a a personal application. My teens, my son, limited communication. Uh, I want the world for them. Right? My heart breaks, I pray, I hear stories, I I talk with parents. I mean, I'm not even sure what I'm supposed to do when I'm sitting in a counseling session and I'm like, you all just need Jesus. Okay? Just to just to start out here, right? But but I can't do those things. I present what they need to do and it's the Spirit through them. Now the flip side of it is when I've got 15, 16, 17 of them on those white tables and they're all acting like 12, 13, 14 year old unsaved kids that have just been let loose for the last two years, Right? sometimes I do feel like saying things right, and, and I do feel like maybe blowing my top, right, and I do, yeah, Chris is like sometimes, you know, you're not too big to spank, son, and, and, and what, no, I would never do that, don't take this to court, okay, um, but it's not me, and every time that child has a, a Bible in front of them, right, and I watch the progression, they go from, from you know, Genesis, what is that, to, to now they're explaining to me that God loves them, they maybe don't understand that. And they maybe not understand what, what right living before God and what that means. You know, they might not understand that for five, six. They may never understand that. But they've had it placed before them. And that's where, where I have to leave that. And that's the, the model that the apostles had. That's the model that Jesus gave when he dusted the sandals, you know, dusted it off his feet and he had to leave if they were rejecting him. And that's the, that's the place if, if you're in a home situation and it's getting worse and worse and worse doesn't matter how what you say or what you're trying to do you know it just seems like the the the, the, the everything's burning everything, everything just isn't working right just quiet yourself I'd ask yourself there okay how is this supposed to work i i bring the word i bring the, the witness i bear the testimony And it's the Spirit who does it. right? And and we have to watch this. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, this sounds easy. Um, But in so many ways, it most certainly is not. Lord, we understand that we're human. We understand that we get upset. We understand we have emotions. I think of our marriages. Lord, we're all so unique. And yet, Lord, many times there we do... Do find ourselves struggling we do find ourselves butting heads and lord i pray that you would help us recognize that it is your word in the midst of every situation that has to be that centerpiece it's you and lord that we would instead of trying to force or push or 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 dominate or, or whatever it is lord that we would understand that, that it's always you doing it it's between you and them lord we think of of our parenting and grandparenting so many difficult situations lord and you would just help us to to grow in presenting your word lord you would give us the the opportunities the quiet moments the coffee dates just to speak wisdom as as our teens and young people are making their own decisions lord and we understand mistakes happen we understand that patterns of life when they're away from you it snowballs but lord help us just to to see and 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 be led by that grace mercy and compassion firm but lord that we place the the word before them and they understand that they answer to that and and we allow your spirit to do that and then lord our ministries lord i think of 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 my own i think of the, the different people involved in ministries here and then then of course our personal witness in the workplaces and lord that it touches all areas of life help us to be conscious that we bear witness and we, we, we proclaim the word. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to do this as a church family and uh, that we would grow in this. And Lord, so I, we have our challenge. Lord, we have our, our encouragement. And Lord, I just pray that you would just allow these things to settle in our hearts. And I pray these things in your name. Amen.